Where's your reps, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Where are your reps? <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to come in, bro. <laughs> okay, bro, go, go. We got this. We got Ready? this. Ready? Here we go. <clears throat> one day it's funny fun. We're swimming in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're live. Oh, Let's shit. go. Here we go, Here we go Bando. You ready for this shit? Welcome you ain't to the ready. Podcast. You ain't ready. Let's get it. Tēnā koutou katoa i te whānau, ka nui timi hi atu ki a koutou i whakarunga mai ki a tātou i tēnei rā. Uh, ko Tarangi Whakaputa Tamatoa te Ingoa Alton tōku ingoa. Ko Josh Hohua tōku ingoa. Ko Mauanga Kaiwhakahairi o Piki Te Haora. Piki Te Haora. Piki Te Haora. <laughs> and uh, welcome to the next episode of He, uh, he Waka Eke Noa series. We have a brother with us today who has experienced some incredible success. But uh, I'm going to throw it over to the bro to drop those quick fire questions first. Kia ora te whanau. I told the bro from last time a little bit less Māori words for those of us that aren't fortunate enough to speak the real as flash as him, eh? Yeah, so today we do, we have a tāne that uh, we're really proud to have on the podcast today and we can't wait to share more of his hikoi with you. So, brother, can you please let the, the our guests, our, sorry, our audience, you're the guest, sorry about that, our audience know what your name is, what your iwi is, where you're from, how old you are, and what your business is called. Yeah, man, kia ora. Uh, so, uh, called Caleb Toku Ingoa. Uh, I come from a small town in the south of uh, Waikato called Kiki. Uh, not many people know where that is. Um, but uh, yeah, my whānau are Tainui and uh, Ngaitarangi from Tauranga. Um, 31 years old, uh, been in <laughs> Brisbane for 15 years, so nearly half my life. And um, yeah, just life's been amazing ever since, since being on this hikoi. Mean. Name your business. Uh, six pack boot camp. Yeah, boy. Yeah. We have to get some people on here older than us, bro. This is getting depressing already. <laughs> two, two episodes in, even, and both the brothers are younger than us. Yeah, but I feel young. That's a lie. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> on to our guest, on to our guest. So, bro, we're going to ask you some quick fire questions, and I want you to answer the, what comes up first. Well, you know, you can't think about this. If you think about it, then okay. we're kicking you off the podcast. <laughs> okay. Kiwis or All Blacks? All Blacks. Yes. Short and shoot or home and away? Ah, oh, home and away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pork bones or brisket? Pork bones. Power or muscles? Oh, definitely power. Poached or fried? Poached. Captain America or Iron Man? Captain America. Dumb. Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Spicy or original? Spicy. Coffee or tea? Definitely coffee. <laughs> Esky or chili bin? Chili bin. Thongs or jandals? Jandals. Undies, priest or commando? Oh, undies. <laughs> Keeping it WWE up <laughs> Awesome, brother. Thank you very much for doing that. It just helps our audience to get to know you a little bit better because those are like really important questions. And when you're, when you're Māori, those are the things you want to know about someone. So, bro, firstly, let us know and let our audience know why did you get into business? 
Uh, long story short, I was terrible at listening to instructions. So <laughs> I was a terrible employee, um, couldn't keep a job for longer than three months, uh, cycled through 16 jobs before my 21st birthday. And I just realised, like, I was like, I don't do too well listening to instructions from other people that I don't agree with. <laughs> Uh, so I thought, oh, well, I may as well do my own thing. And I thought, oh, personal training, I like that. I like getting into fitness. I keep myself healthy. Surely that should be pretty cruisy. And then, yeah, it's kind of been the rest of history. It was just terrible at listening to other people tell me what to do. <laughs> well, I can relate to that, yeah. eh? I can rel- it's funny you say that, bro, because I'm just sitting here going, sounds like me. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was terrible in the army too, bro. I was always in trouble. I could never oh, listen. Wow. Yeah, so I, I'm... It's funny because I, I feel the same way. Like I think that must be a bit of an entrepreneur thing. Is not really liking to take, you know, uh, advice from someone that you feel like you could probably do a better job, or you yeah. have a better insight into the job than they do, or you just want to do it. Or you're you just defiant and <laughs> can't follow instructions. <laughs> I, I, I was always. I was apparently I was. Uh, I had no ears growing up when I was a kid anyway. So I think that might have been a contributing factor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I just um, I just always question things. So. If someone said this is how it's done I'm like why like mm. I was that kid yeah yep. like, why does it have to be like that yeah and when anyone else just kind of just took it and yep. went, oh yeah well the teacher said that I was just like but why and that used to piss the teachers off. <laughs> yeah yep. so what what do you think it was about was it your was it your upbringing or was it just something within you that made you think that way I think naturally I'm, I'm a very curious person like I wouldn't say I'm talented at all at anything like this is being real but I'm just very curious about things and when I get curious about things I I really like to dive into them Um, part of that too was the mentors I had growing up so that's why mentorship I speak a lot about it on my Instagram Um, mentors for me I had two really awesome role models as my cousins they were awesome at sports and pretty much everything else and I kind of used them as a I guess as my mentors when I first was growing up. Mm. Yeah, and they kind of paved the way and showed me what, what's good and what's not and how to save money. And yeah, so I was very, very blessed in that department. So, so you did listen when you wanted to? When there was money involved, yeah, I listened. <laughs> <laughs> and these mentors that you had that you speak of, your two cousins, were they, did they verbally speak to you or was it more the actions that you saw them displaying that you were picking up on? Yeah, I thought definitely both, but more so the actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw my cousin drive beautiful cars, you know, had them all paid off, mm. um, just lived the dream, travelling, always had nice girlfriends. <laughs> um, you know, he just, he just lived the ultimate, like, playboy lifestyle. And as, yep. a, as a 14, 15 year old, you're like, that's that's God right there. Yep. You know? yeah. And McDonald's ain't going to bring that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. And so these mentors, were these back... In New Zealand, or was it once you moved over to Ahitaradia? I uh, was back home. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, back home. And they're still doing awesome to this day, yep. uh, which is, um, I, I guess for me, when I, because I, I, I'm a huge guy, I'm grateful, grateful to the bone. I practice gratitude every day, and I always send my cousin a message every now and then, and he knows, mm. he knows how yep. I feel, and he's just like, man, you've given me my return by by actually listening to my advice, yep. because that's the best payment I could ever receive, yep. which is awesome. So now I try and pay it forward. So what yeah. what's the age gap between you you and those cousins that, you, that you're speaking about right now? Uh, seven years my senior, so wow. yeah, 38. Yeah. yeah, so not not that much older than you though when nah. they were in this position. Nah, not at all. It was mainly the sports. They were, they were very, very talented at sports. Yeah, uh, you know, played touch for New Zealand, Harbour, all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, man, that's awesome. And then I seen the success side of like financial and mm. then traveling. I'm like, that's the kind of person I need to be around. Yeah, I was just grateful I picked that up from an early age. That's all. Mm. So you, so you realised that you realised that you wanted to have a life like that. Mm. When did you make the decision to move to Australia? 
I was uh, 15. I actually came over to play league. Uh, found out pretty quickly my bones are made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Spent more time in the A and E than on the field. Um, yeah, no, it was 15. I, I came over, and that's when my eyes really opened up. Just a, a different world. I yeah. came from Hamilton Boys. It was, uh, you know, a pretty staunch school where I was from, and the only pathway was rugby. And I thought that was going to be obviously, if that's all you grow up around, you think that's going to be your path. And then you come over here, and you're like, it's a whole new world over here. Mm. And that's when my eyes opened up to business. So talk to us about that, bro, in regards to having your eyes opened up when you moved over here. How did you start venturing into that world of business? Yeah, so like I've always been fascinated yeah. in making money. I don't want to be like sound like that kind of guy. But You're allowed to. No, bro. you can, bro. You we're, we're similar. Yep. We're similar, yep. bro. I, I was. I was very fascinated with making money. I was. Uh, I've always kind of been a hustler. Like I would like video record movies and hire them out at school for fifty cents <laughs> on a on a VHS. <laughs> That's old school gangster, yeah, there, bro. bro. I was old school like that. Um, I, whatever it takes. Eh? Whatever was popping at the time, bro. I was selling it. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z series. Like I was that guy, and it kind of like that's how I started. I sound really like a one of those guys. Yeah, it's good though. It's good. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's crazy though when you when you move here to Australia, how much things are accepted compared to back home. Mm. Like you seem to be a little bit more rewarded for being an individual here than back home. Like like you said, uh, with rugby, right? Like we were similar. Like I I, I thought I was going to be an All Black. That's the only way I was going to make it. Mm. And like you, very brittle bones. <laughs> Still very brittle now. But I, I think, you know, that that move for, for both of us, and we made that move later than you did, mm. but that was the big wake-up call for us also, even as adults, moving over here and realising that we can actually do whatever we want to do. We're not limited by who we're told to be yep. or told who, you know, how we're supposed to go about life, how we're supposed to earn money, how you go nine to five and save up for your deposit and then be in debt for the rest of your life, mm. you know? So it's, it's, it's crazy that, and, and I hope through this podcast, as before we move on, that people can realise that even if you're listening from Aotearoa, that yep. you can do it anywhere. Yep. It's just that we didn't see that back home and this podcast isn't just for Māori here in Australia but to realise that no matter where you live in the world you can be whoever you want to be and chase whatever dream you want to chase absolutely mm. yeah 100% agree on that so what were you doing for Mahi when you first so I guess more as an adult yeah. um, and then we'll touch on what your business actually is yeah. what, what were you doing for Mahi uh, doing Mahi here first oh like I said I had 16 jobs before my 21st birthday and it kind of gave my parents a bit of a heart attack you know they were like what's this kid gonna do with his life you know and I, I, I have this conversation with a lot of teenagers you know because a lot of teenagers reach out to me on Instagram looking for guidance and stuff and I'm like look man like the biggest advice I can give to them was don't be in a rush because yep. had I been in a rush like it took like I said 16 jobs before my 21st birthday to stumble upon that lotto ticket that was like this is the thing for me um, so yeah I'd probably say oh what haven't I done <laughs> I've done everything from yep. courier driving to packing warehouses and yep. concreting and working in the mines and yeah. So you just spoke then about when it took you those 16 jobs to stumble across something that you were truly passionate about. What was that thing? Uh, it was health and fitness. So I've always taken care of my body ever since a young kid, training in the gym. And uh, it was actually one time we were at the, there's a, there's a club called the Callanvale Hotel. And uh, that was our Friday night hangout spot where my mate put the uh, the light bulb moments in my head and goes, bro, you should be a personal trainer. I'm like, that's what I got to be. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, bro, you know how many girls they get, bro? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do get that. me in there. Yeah. And we were half pissed, by the way. So we were like, yeah, it's a brilliant idea. 
there. Next day, I actually enrolled in the course, and yeah, kind of rest is history. Yeah, it was mean. I love that. So, obviously, lots of people get into personal training, right? Mm. There's a lot of people out here, especially here in the Gold Coast, who want to be a personal trainer, want to look good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Talk us through how you started that pathway and. What was the first step once you got your qualification? Where were you going with it? Yeah, um, so my, my first thing was once I became qualified, well, little funny story on that, I actually got fired on the day I qualified. <laughs> uh, long story short, I was uh, working night shift at a place called Polar Fresh, and uh, I was clocking out like two hours early um, because I would go to my course all day and then have to rush to work and work all night. So I was literally living off four hours sleep. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this I can't do this anymore. So I started clocking out, and on the last day when I finally qualified, they called me into the office, gave me those magic words and uh, walked me out in front of the canteen which the boys probably still remember to this day uh, the walk of shame And but that week was uh, was me getting set up in, in the gym as a personal trainer and th- I just wanted to get my foot in the door yep. Yep. just to like be like this dream's real now I'm mm-hmm. doing it where did you first start working as a uh, PT? it's good life now but it was go health yep yeah yep. back in the day so 10 years ago now Ooh. 10 years that's when I started I started as a PT 10 years ago as well yeah mm-hmm. so I got my got my wings up I was very very lucky to be mentored by some uh, I would say veteran trainers that were there bodybuilders been been in the game for 10-15 years so they took me under their wing bro which was yep. I would say I was very lucky in that department yep. just learnt can I just say here Farno, for those of you that are listening if you didn't pick up on one thing that Caleb just said then is that he was doing his course all day working at night to keep a roof over his head, food in the cupboard, all that sort of stuff. Four hours sleep a day to get to the dream that he thought that he wanted to get to. And that's what it takes. It takes a lot of sacrifice Mm -hmm. and a lot of sleepless nights to be able to do the extra work that you need to so you can follow your dreams and your passions. So absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. But I think that's awesome for people to hear. Uh, although you know what courses how long did the course go for back was it still like 12 weeks yeah uh, this was a 16 week yep. course back then did yeah. you do diploma as well with that uh, no, just so, set 3 and 4 nah so actually before that I was uh, at university so I yep. did 2 years HM yeah, human yeah. movement so that kind of yep. sped up things I learnt pretty quick in the course yep. um, just because I had those prerequisites mm-hmm. but yeah that was another journey that I didn't decide to pursue was university yep. uh, I just felt I looked at the path ahead my original goal was to be a physio and I was like man that's just slow and boring mm, yep. and you're massaging people. I'm like, nah, man, my life's too fast for that. <laughs> but I think that's awesome for people to hear that. So even that, chucking that in the fact that you did two years at uni to because you thought something was your dream and then when you realised it wasn't you didn't just stop and go back to picking and packing or mm. go go do back to just working night shift you, you created another goal right like mm. okay what do I really want to do and I think that's awesome for people to hear for a number of reasons one the sacrifice is huge yep. like every dream requires sacrifice mm-hmm. and it might yeah. be longer than 16 weeks okay mm. it might be a couple of years that's yep. just the way it is yep. you either want to chase that dream or you don't and if you're not willing to put you know, put aside some of that stuff that, that uh, materialistic or that you know that socially active stuff going out on the piss or that sort of thing mm. you're not willing to push that side that stuff away then your dream stops there yeah the other is that dreams change mm. right man our dream from when we were 15 wanting to be an all black we realised that was no longer the dream <laughs> right was that your goal too? It, it was still the dream yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was still the dream especially from Christchurch yeah. bro <laughs> it's, still the, it's still the dream today but it's just not gonna happen <laughs> only, on, only on Xbox eh? yeah. I can't even play that so I'm screwed but yeah, I, mean, I think that's real important for people to hear that, and I'm glad that you put that in, bro, because your you know your dreams and your goals changed, mm. and you didn't let that 
stop you, you know, from where you are now. So after working in Good Life as a, as a PT or Go Health, uh, when did you decide to start this business, Six Pack Bootcamp? Yeah, it was uh, two years into my personal training. I always call it an internship because that's what I treated as my yep. first two years yep. were just rookie mm-hmm. years, trying to get some numbers up, learn yep. the game. Um, it was oh, 2012, that's when it hit me. I decided I won out, I won out of the gym. Um, I, I actually left a, quite a lucrative business at, at Good Life at the time and I went to this small studio just up the road here. Yep. And um, that's when I was like, man, I'm, I, I can do big things here. That's when it really kicked in because I wasn't around all the other flashy PTs and it's like mm-hmm. keeping up with the Joneses, man. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone's competing yep. with each other yep. and then soon as I was put into the studio where no one else was around me I just got like super laser focused yep. and there was no distractions yep. and that's when it planted the seed I want to do my own thing yep. uh, it was scary bro I left I left a quite a lucrative business there um, I was probably one of the higher earning trainers there and so I thought everyone would follow me <laughs> not quite uh-huh. <laughs> I said I'm gonna go we're going off the bigger and better things guys we're gonna do th- something in the park and they were like yeah nah yeah <laughs> What, what I love about this corridor is that there's so many Māori personal trainers in Australia now. Mm. I remember, so when we started, there weren't any. Like yeah. I couldn't, like I started at Snap Fitness in Pacific Pines. I think I was, it was there and Anytime Fitness in Hope Island. I was working at two gyms at the same time. And I remember there just weren't many Māori personal trainers around. Mm. So, you know, now to see that there's such an influx of them, especially Kiwis coming over and wanting to be personal trainers, I think this is a really cool conversation to have about what it takes to be successful in this yeah. industry. because I was like you I was very successful in the gym uh, and then I got consumed by the the industry and the the image focused part of the industry and that that consumed me for 10 years Mm. and my passion for personal training was lost in that mm. and I think that's where a lot of people go right because we were both into competing I, I competed for a long time and I was consumed by the image of personal training so my my focus was no longer what was best for my clients it was what was best for me and it was about money mm. it was all about making money and I think you know when when you get into this industry it's really important to ask yourself why you're getting into it yeah if you're getting into it to make money you're not going to last long yeah if you're getting in, into it to help people and I think this is almost any business where you're working with people if you're in there to help people then you'll go far Mm. so I think this is as this unfolds it's going to be really cool to share some of your experiences there and how you've been so successful and I think that's going to come down to environment and culture so let on that note let's talk a little bit about how you've got to where you are how's it like we're sitting in this gym now (laughs) Fano and it's insane right like it's it's insane so tell us a little bit of a story about how this evolved yeah so when I was at Good Life that's that's where everything started to shift for me in my head it was like I just hated the way gyms treated my clients. I'm big on customer service. It's like my biggest thing. And I just felt like the gym didn't give a crap about its members. So again, that's exactly what the bro was just talking about. Culture and environment and looking after the people. Yeah, big time. And I was just like, but I had no say. It wasn't my gym. I, I, you know, I was just a personal trainer paying rent. Like, what am I going to do? And so I just had the boss to just one day step up and say, look, I'm going to go do my own thing. And um, it did backfire in a way when a lot of clients didn't come back. But I always say that was a, a blessing in disguise because it taught me how to be, I guess, real savage with, with nothing. Yep. I was like, man, now you're back to bottom. Yep. you got to build, bro. Or you, you go back to a job. And I'm like, I was not having that. <laughs> I was like, I'll die before I go back to working for someone. <laughs> or he might kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just uh, I just hated the service that big box gyms didn't give clients. Yep. And I was like, I can do this better. And that's how we came up with Six Pack. And that's something that I've seen a lot too in those commercial gyms is, is how they 
promote fitness and health. The way that health, health in general is promoted in those big yep. gyms isn't realistic, right? Those constant transformations that aren't about being better after the transformation, it's about let's lose as much weight as possible in 12 weeks, and then when the 12 weeks is finished, let's hope you put on some weight so you do it again. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly gym culture, bro. Yeah. yeah. So I hate that. before we get into this where we are right now, talk to us about when she stepped away from that that environment, yep. and you started your own thing, what did that look like? Oh, it was scary, man. Like 2013, I'll never forget that. That's when I was literally on my own. Yep. Um, that's how actually, we come up with the name Six Pack, because only six clients came with me oh. out of 40 <laughs> clients. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's about the six pack. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's quite ambiguous, but yeah, it's actually because we only had six people in our little wolf pack. So yeah, wow. um, that was scary, bro. I didn't have a lot of money. I went from making like two and a half grand a week, sometimes three grand, down to 250 bucks a week. Wow. I, I took a huge, I was like coronavirus kind of hit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it was, yeah. yeah, and that hit me hard. I was like, shit. It's, and then that's when that my, my mindset really kicked up a gear because yep. it was like sink or swim, bro. Mm, yep. And I had to, like that year, I went all in. I went sleepless nights yep. just to make sure I was learning mm -hmm. off YouTube. Yep. Yep. That's all I could afford at the time. It's <laughs> great, bro. <laughs> They're free university. Yeah, bro. Exactly. <laughs> bro, I can afford more and I still use YouTube, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, bro. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean. It's like leveraging free. Yep. Yep. I think a lot of people when they do get into business, they're like, oh, I need this software. I need this camera. I need yep. this. It's like, no, you don't, bro. Yeah. Like back then, all I had was an iPhone. Yep. I couldn't mm -hmm. even afford that, really. And what know? iPhone was it? Uh, that, that was the original one. <laughs> what was it? I, I think T still got that one. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works, right? Leave it alone. <laughs> but so talk to us. Obviously, you moved into this small, smaller gym. Yep. And then you ventured off on your own. And I believe you started in your garage. Yeah, so we actually started in a, a local park. Um, and then we kind of outgrew that area. Then I took them into my garage, uh, which was crazy to pack like 50 people in my garage. Wow. My neighbours, man, I shout out to my neighbours for yeah. putting up with it for a year. Uh, the council finally started cracking down on it, which That's was right. like healthy pressure for me to be like, all right, it's time to move on, Caleb. Um, so I did venture out into the unknown, uh, reached out to a few places to sort of lease their facilities because I still didn't make enough money to build one of these yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just trying to just, just stepping stone. So I found a little dance studio. It was terrible, but it was something <laughs> yeah. to keep the council yeah. off my back because they yeah. were going to slap a $300 fine on every car on my street. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not paying that. Uh, and then we partnered just around the corner here with the wine glass. Uh, we did a partnership with them where I kind of leased their area. Yeah. Uh, outgrew that again. And then we found unit six, outgrew that within two years. And now we're in here. Wow. And it just keeps growing, bro. Yeah. Like it, it really does. That, I remember that. Was it, was it 2012, 2013 when the council come out and, and stopped people being able to use car parks and oh. and and, uh, and fields and stuff? Like, I mean, they started trying to find everyone. Because yeah. I was running boot camps at the same time and that's when I flicked that. I was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, it was. And they were doing like full patrols and yep, everything to right. make sure. You, I was like, wow. So talk to us about that because that's an interesting concept because, a lot again, a lot of people could have just gone, oh, well, there's my business gone. Yeah. Um, what was it about your mindset that allowed you to go, okay, how do I, how do I pivot here? How do I adapt? and keep going I think for me it was um, knowing what I had what I was doing beforehand which was working in a factory and like no no diss to anyone that works in a factory yeah. you know it's, it's still putty at the end of the day but mm. for me it was like I, I not in a cocky way, I was better than working in a factory. Yep. Yep. And that was my drive. It was like, it's either you pursue this, Caleb, or you go back to packing boxes again. Yep. I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. And it, I think that comes down to, again, the impact that you want to have in the world yep. and the impact that you know that you're having on the people. Um, so it's not just about, oh, that's not... 
that's above me or that's below me. It's yeah. that's my my passion for what I want to do in my yeah, life yeah, is yeah. bigger than me just putting a box on a pallet or something like that. But Absolutely. It, I think it's about wanting more, right? Like it's just wanting more. Some mm. if you're content with just surviving, that's okay. That's yeah. that's your role in life. That's yeah. what you want to do. But for me, and I, I can see it in you, and I know the bro, we, we have these conversations all the time. That's not okay for me. Mm. Like I want to hit. Everything that life can give, I want it. Yeah. Everything that my children can have, I want to give it to them. Yeah. And, and obviously teach them along the way. But I think, you know, for me, there's so much out there in the world that I haven't even seen or even even touched on yet. And I want to see it. Because yep. life's too fucking short to be stuck in the same place doing the same bloody thing for the rest of your life. That's mm. actually one of my biggest fears, man, is actually getting to the end of my death, you know, my, my years on, yeah. on my deathbed and being like, man, you could have been this, you could have yeah. done this. And I was like, it gives me goosebumps just mm, thinking yeah. about that. Like, I, I, no, I don't really fear much in life, but that, knowing I've lived life short, yep. yeah. I, I can't sleep with that. Yep. Knowing so that, yeah. talk to us about, because it can't have been easy to go from someone who was just working in a gym, being able to lease some space and stuff like that, to then going, actually, I'm going to have my own lease and lease out a venue to be able to do this. How did you get your mindset around that? What were some of the things that you did to learn how to make that possible? Because it would have been new to new territory for you. Oh, absolutely. I think what I... It's, it's funny because like when you finish your PT certificate, the thing they don't teach you how to do properly is run a business. Yeah, bro. It's literally yeah. like, you, you know everything about the body, yeah. but you don't know how to run a business. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I put all my time. I figured that out quite early. I was like, okay, there's not much business modules in here and I don't know what I'm doing in business. I don't know how to set up a, a company or organize my taxes. I need to learn that. So I spent probably 80% of my time learning how to market, how to sell, how to improve my, my people skills. I learned so much about that to develop what actually is required to run a business. Yep. Yeah. And that was all through Mr. YouTube. I got a PhD in YouTube. <laughs> but I wish we were friends back then. Because that was in my, my mindset. I was like, yeah, cash. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, like that part of my, my first mentor, he always taught me, like he was a very, very stingy guy. And... <laughs> And <laughs> teaches me some very valuable lessons about money. Was his name Tarangi? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> he, he's given me a few good pointers. Uh, no, he just taught me how to be a bit more savvy with my money. And it's just like, you know, you can make all this money. Because in PT, you know, you can yep. make some good money and live a lifestyle, which I did when I first got in the game. But it was like about making money and then reinvesting it. Yep. And then I'd make money, reinvest it again to get to the next level. And I just kept yeah, repeating man. that process yep. until I could afford to hire my brother as a coach. Yep. And then it was go back to the drawing board make more money serve more people and then hire the next person I just keep repeating that until we're here Yeah, yeah. I didn't awesome, get bro. caught up in the flashy lifestyle you know I, I literally only just bought me a new car <laughs> you got a new beast out in the car park now it took me 10, 10 years, years. Yeah. 10 years yeah. you know but that was like my priorities were like I'd rather put it back into the business yeah I love that and that shows man that, and so Please, people, take that on board. Because I can tell you from experience, that's not the way I thought. And it really affected my business. Um, it affected my future in the industry. And I think in business in general is that I didn't, there was no backup plans. Mm. So, for example, because I, my thought process wasn't the same as yours, bro, I, uh, in 2015, I'd just come back from America. I was competing over there, and I had got blood clots in my chest and lungs and almost, almost carked it. So because of... I was really unwell. PT relied on me to be there. Mm. My business 
although as soon as I got well, my business was back exactly where it was, but there was about six weeks where I could barely train people. Mm. I was trying to work from the hospital, like I couldn't breathe properly. I'm trying to work from my phone and my laptop and I was trying to get my, my clients to come in and see me in the hospital because they, they were ready to compete in eight weeks. Fuck. So like I got, a ha- got out of hospital instead of recovering, I had to go to a show where I was living on endones and, and uh, endones and energy drinks because I couldn't stay awake because of the endones and just because I had to make money because I had kids to feed, mm. you know, so having these things in place and being smart with business can really save you and and I think that's where me and the bro we've been through our own trials and adversities with, with money and business so we're we're doing everything differently now Yeah. but that's it oh, that's really key I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that from day one focus on that back end stuff focus on all the the accountants and the lawyers and all that stuff you need to do like that's really important to save you mm. when things come up because we're all not no one knows if we're going to get hit by a car tomorrow oh. no one knows if we're going to get sick the next day and and I thought I was bulletproof. Yep. I never thought that would happen to me. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, bro. So I hope people take a little bit from that. when they, If they're starting business or in their business now and you haven't got that shit sorted, get that shit sorted. Yep. Mm, definitely. That's where those those nights when you're sitting at home and you're watching your Netflix and all that sort of stuff and you're thinking about, I want to build a successful business and you're watching Netflix instead of YouTube, you need to fix that shit. Or watch both because suits is mean. <laughs> Dabble in both. Dabble in both. But make sure you're learning, continuously yeah. growing in areas where you think that you might need to have information. And some of the information that you, that you learn might be never be useful for you yeah. Yeah. but you're going to have better knowledge around things that are useful for you at the same time even reading too mm. right like YouTube I, I, I really enjoy reading sometimes as well been a bit slack lately but I find that reading really helps you engage in, in what you're learning and retain the information where YouTube for me it's really quick so if I need to know something now and I need to utilise it I can watch the video and go straight to it Yeah. but if you know if there's people that you really strive to be like and they have books out there like Tony Robbins is one reading that guy's book and listening to his podcast and his audio books that, that sort of stuff instead of Netflix instead of Stan that, that's really important if you're in business that stuff's going to take you a long way here. yeah absolutely and I've always been like that be protective of what you're leading, uh, listening to reading yep. or watching yep. because you know the content that you're consuming or listening to or reading is literally dictating what you're going to do next yep. it yep. plants seeds in your mindset mm-hmm. and it, it literally is like you can tell someone's program the way they are based on the content that they're absorbing yeah what about so when you're when we're talking about that stuff? What about your circle? So who you are involved with, who you're around? Have you had to change that throughout your journey? Ah, oh, yeah, big time. But it's not like I'm not. I, I choose not to hang out with friends from high mm-hmm. school because I think there's nothing more valuable than a 20 year friendship. You know, yeah, it's like that's there's nothing more valuable to me. But there are times where it's like uh, I'm at this stage now where yep. I need to be around these people because they're going to help me move a little bit faster. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, because to me, yeah, you, your, your network is obviously your net worth, and For you sure. guys have probably heard of that too. But that's yep. that's true to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've been in that position by where I've had to um, spend some time away from certain friendships and and, and family as well because of the environment the yeah. the toxic or the negative environment and to to correct my path and to become yeah. more positive yeah. I had to spend time away from them and now we're back together we reconnected now and, and everyone's on a better level and everyone understands where I'm at I understand where they're at but sometimes when you're in those relationships it's really hard to move forward yeah so that's that's something that's important to bring up is that if you uh, if you know you have these relationships that are dragging you down finally it's all right to end those relationships or at least pause them mm. until you're in a place where you can actually help that individual become stronger as well or you may have to 
semi-cut ties yep. moving forward. Yep. And, and you do. You have to, I think you have to be okay with that yep. too. Yep. It's a hard one. You know mm, what I mean? Because like, then you're going to get people go, oh, he's too good for us. Or get him. Yep. He thinks his shit don't stink. And it's, yep. like, it's not even like that, bro. No. It's like we're just on two different waves at the moment. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be your friend, but I'm just, I'm just moving in this direction. Yep. And sometimes it comes down to it's not even about them. It's about you being able to take that time for yourself yes. to figure out shit that's going on for you. Yeah. And you can then find that path of actually this is what I, th- I think this way mm. and I need to figure out why it is that I think that way and find that information so that I can keep going in that path. Yeah. That, that's a big thing is Māori, eh? I feel like we hold on to whānau and friend relationships for probably, you know, bad ones or negative ones for too long. Oh, yeah. You bro. know, like, it's like, but big we're whānau, but we're whānau and yeah. it's like, well, yeah, we are, but I have a life and I have a, I have a whānau that I have to protect mm. and that I want to provide for yeah. and I can't can't do that at the best of my ability if I have you in my life you know and and that's just something that you need to do and I think if we take care of ourselves first our immediate family our children and our wahine second and everyone else third and that's the that's the way it has to be for sure I absolutely agree and part of that support circle too is making sure your partner is obviously on the same page Mm -hmm. if I probably should have said that from the start is it makes life a hell of a lot easier (laughs) when she's on the same page you know she she does nothing but support me and my wife bro she's amazing I would not be here without her yep. no, awesome. no yep. question about that can relate bro can relate yeah yep. Yep. so talk to us was there throughout this journey that you've started business and created what you've created here has there been any, any other ventures that you've looked at doing or dabbled into to try and create more money or anything like that or yeah. have you just been laser focused on on this well for 10 years I'd literally stayed laser focused on this and that was something I learned from Richard Branson's book or well, 10 years ago was was how long he spent building Virgin before yep. he started creating his other what 400 companies mm. and that was a valuable lesson to me it's like you know so many of us want to we get shiny object syndrome yep. we want to start this thing and yep. this thing and the opportunities are always there but mm. it's like just if you stay focused on one thing build depth then you can have mm-hmm. that stable to move on other things. Yep. And I've kind of kept that right up until this year. Now I'm dabbling into investing now. So I've got nice. a bit of, bit of money tied up in crypto, which is going well. Um, just doing some learning on the stock market as well. Yep. Um, just trying to get my money to work for me. Yep. You know, got a bit of cash saved up now. So I'm like, it's useless sitting in the bank. Yep. I'd rather get yeah. it to work for me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's cool, bro. And, and it's cool to hear that too, because although we we haven't done the depth thing, but I think, I think you know, because we've, we've started this with two of us and we've uh, we've learned so much before getting into this, yep. uh, is that we're, we're looking at investing in other things as well, which we're, we're quite excited about that aren't uh, associated with picking the whole water. And I think that's important is having those, uh, like for me, I, I like knowing that I have... Um, some structure in different areas yeah. and some yep. backup plans in different areas as well and yeah bro that, that's cool I think I think definitely I don't know nothing about stock market it scares the hell out of me <laughs> so when I'm ready I'll come and say kia ora yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you can teach us yeah. I got a good, good mentor bro yeah. good because yeah. I want my money to work for me too yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. it I just want our people more more so our people you know yeah. to, to think outside the box yeah. 100% um, you know time is your most valuable asset you're trading yeah. that thing like it's like it's nothing yeah. and it's like you should be protected that and trying to leverage that yep. and yep. so while I'm working building my passion project I'm also working letting my, my real money do the work for me on the side yep. um, which is where the investing comes in so yeah mean I love that so talk to us bro how many how many uh, people come to your gym now how many people have you got how many clients have you got and I mean because this place is massive yeah <laughs> Man, we, we get over 300 people coming through each week, um, which might not sound like a lot to like a Go Health, but yeah. the way that we run things here, it's very tight-knit. So yeah. everyone knows each other's names. It's like a nightclub in, in the morning here, yeah. man. Like this music is pumping. Yeah. Um, and it's just vibes, bro. I'll never forget the, that 
useless story, but when I created the, how I come up with the culture and the vibe was I went to a music festival in Las Vegas called EDC. <laughs> and it was Heard like, it. yeah, it was like the biggest dance festival in the world. It's like Tomorrowland yeah. on steroids. You're right. And um, I was like, look, look at the people. Everyone's just like high-fiving and hugging. And yeah. I was like, man, what a vibe. I said, like, yeah. how do I take this and yeah. put it in my gym? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Awesome. How do I do that? Yeah. And, and that's pretty much how we came up with the, the culture we well, got that, here. That's interesting because that was going to be my next question about how do you create that culture that makes people want to come here and keep it high energy and what you've got here and you created with this new style of six-pack boot camp is you've got the functional fitness area and then you've got the old school gym area oh yeah and obviously you you you, you run crossfit styles and, and all that sort of stuff circuit training so talk to us about how you came up with that vision of making sure that you cover all those bases yeah so for a long time i've always been into bodybuilding it was you know even at school you know we're trying to train for rugby following bodybuilding programs <laughs> yes bro yes <laughs> but flex magazine thinking you know that's gonna help our sport old arnold eh? yeah bro like we had all his posters in the yeah. gym at school and you know like just just those sort of learnings but um always wanted to have my own gym like actual like bodybuilding gym yeah. but also the group training because that's what we're known for yes. and um i was like I was starting to doubt myself that a facility like this would pop up and that's why I'm a big believer of the universe. Yes. When you put shit out there, mm. be ready to receive, man, especially if you're putting good energy out there because it does. I've, I've had some miracle things happen to me, bro, that would make you go, what? Mm. Like, how did that even happen? Like this building, for example. Yep. For 15 years and they finally let this building go to us. Yeah. So... Putting it out there to the universe, it's, it's, it's crazy what, what you think about if you think about it enough and... and and visualize it, then you can make shit happen. Speaking to the mic, bro. Yeah, my bad, mm. my bad. Put another thing there. <laughs> but I think, you know, that comes back to what you give. You know, so not just thought process, but what you give to the community, what you give to the world, man, that, that stuff is repaid. And I, I believe in that good karma, bad oh. karma. Yep. You know, it, it's there and the universe will give give back to you. Yeah. It's just about putting in that mahi. Because where you are now is taking 10 years. Yeah. Right? Like if you if you come in here, Fano at Six Pack Boot Camp, and where, what's the suburb again? Brown's Plains. Brown's Plains. Brown's Plains. If you come in here, you'll see. And if you can paint a picture, the bro's just created, you know, something that's amazing from something so small. You think about his garage, and we're actually going to put a video up, a snippet of the video of this podcast up as well so you can see. And you'll see, if you imagine the garage, and I'm, I'm imagining my single garage, I hope yours is a double. <laughs> and and then you'll see, uh, and then and then when you see the video that we put up, you'll, you'll see the mahi that he's done. And yep. you've got to remember that's 10 years. Mm. Wasn't done in one year, wasn't done in two years. He put in that mahi and now the universe is giving back. The amount of people that he's helped, I bet you couldn't even tell you how many people he's trained, mm. how many lives he has changed mm. and he's been given back and he's reaping the rewards now. So that, that's important. You've got to understand that you, you might see all this flash shit on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram now of people doing these quick ass businesses and they're earning money within a few, mm. few months but don't, don't fucking believe that shit. Don't yeah. fall trapped to that crap. Like you will be, you will receive what you want to receive if you continue to work hard, yeah. and and you do it for the right reasons. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the secret word too. You nailed that, bro. Is is, is actually putting the mahi in. Yeah. Uh, you can visualize all you want. You can draw up game plans. You yep. can work with the best business coaches and strategize everything till the cows yep. come home. But it's like if you're not willing to, you know, put pen to paper, or actually, you know, walk it. Yeah. Walk it. Yeah. You're never gonna see the results, yep. no matter how positive yep. you're thinking. A big one for. Us, like we pull the trigger, right? It's yeah, massive pull, for us. Because yeah. oh, yeah. everyone has these ideas and everyone 
and you know, everyone has these great dreams, but actually going out and, and doing it is the hard part. Like you, right? Like leaving the gym, going into going from two and a half, three thousand dollars a week, which is great money, to two hundred fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Noodles, man. But keeping yeah. keeping that 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 dream the and vision. that goal in your mind along the way, because it's, it's easy, right? It would have been so easy at two weeks in of two hundred fifty bucks to be like, now nah, fuck this. Yeah, oh, what is scary? Yeah. Very scary. Like at the time, my, my wife was on uh, maternity pay, so we were oh. literally living off her her money. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we had a baby on the way, and. And we were living off noodles. Yep. Uh, that's what we always call our noodle moments. <laughs> <laughs> we had this little barina, bro. It wasn't even 30 bucks to fill up back then. We yep. couldn't even fill that up. Like, yeah, so talk to me about- I had a barina too, bro, when I was PT at the start. Yeah, I, want, I want- I want a marshmallow. We might have to get this this photo of you pouring petrol <laughs> from the can into your barina on the side of the motorway to share on our story because sure. that, that is the reality of it, right? Yeah. Is that- you can't even fill your car up man. to be able to get down the motorway <laughs> and you're having to go and get a jerry can to fill it up. And that's the thing, man. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to tell this because I just want to be real, yep. especially with the young yep. kids that message me on Instagram. I'm just like, bro, I'm gonna, I want to tell you how it is. Yep. You got you to play the long game. Yep. Yep. And you got to be willing to to go without for, for quite some time. Yep. And you have yep. to be okay with that. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty transparent with that up front. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a lot of those moments where it was just like, I, I thought about quitting a lot of times. Yep. Yep. But there's something in me that just pulls me back and says, it's not worth it, bro. Yep. You felt the pain of working for someone else and, you know, someone you else. clearly couldn't do. Ah, terrible. <laughs> Worst employee ever. <laughs> but I think we might have a competition yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I was shocking too. Hopeless too. But talk to us. So it's a good, good segue into, I wanted to talk to you about what, was, what are some of the adversities that you've faced in this journey that you've, that you've been in for the last 10 years to get to where you are today? Oh, far out, bro. I've got, there's a lot, but some of the main ones is, is people doubting you. Yeah. And it's sad because it's always the people that are closest to you. Mm. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And it was like, when I heard some some people that I really respected in the industry, some of them were my mentors and they were talking bad about me. He's not going to make it. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. He's dumb. He doesn't make any money. He's He has no idea what he's doing. Like yeah. I heard all of that, bro. And it was um, enough to crush anyone's dreams, you know, and you know, be like, nah, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But I was like, I've got this weird thing with proving people wrong, man. Yeah. Like I just yeah. have this, it's this competitive thing yeah. in me that I just, I, I want to see you eat your words. Yeah. And it might come across negative, but it's just like, that's just... <laughs> no, nah, bro. It's nah, that drive. Nah, same, it's that drive, same, right? It's very, yeah. very driven. Like it's that, that competitive nature, yeah. right? Some people have it, some people don't have it naturally. Yeah. And and I'm I'm very similar. Like, but for me, I uh, one of the things we were talking about the other day, I can't wait to go home and start this business that we're talking about and kind of give a, a middle finger to the mag- people that won't even see it, but I'll probably stand somewhere and give a middle finger to all the people that doubted me, yeah. that judged me, yeah. that, Damn, that awesome. you know, ex- expected nothing of me. Yeah. Mm. And and I know there's a lot of people, and, and a lot of it, some of it was my fault because I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And people think that because I made those mistakes that I could never be more than what I was. Mm. And it doesn't matter, like, and that's another thing is it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've been through, you can learn and you can overcome that. It doesn't mean you can't be successful. Absolutely. If you learn, they're all fucking lessons. All, all that yeah. stuff, that all those mistakes we've made, all those wrong choices we've made, all, all those people we've hurt, they're lessons, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. And, and if, you, if you learn from them, you're, you're going to be probably more successful than the people that haven't made those mistakes. Yeah. It's just you need to learn from them. And that's something for me, I, I'm so competitive. I can't wait to do that. Go back mm. and be like... Because mm. you've got two options, right? You've got the option of going, yep, okay, you're right. I'm going to listen to your words over my own voice yep. and 
crumble or you go, nah, actually I'm more than that. I'm better than that. Mm. I do believe in myself. I've got the ability, so I'm going to show you. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's probably like one of the downfalls I've noticed with like Maori and, and even just Polynesians in general. We're probably a bit too humble. Yep, yep. Where we, very, where we actually, very much so. Yeah, where we actually don't acknowledge that we're actually good at things. Yep, yep. And it's just like I don't want people to play the humble game like that because you, you, it turns into doubt. Yep, yep. In action. Yep. Um, and then you, you never pull the trigger on anything. Yep, 100%. Yep. Uh, I've got an example for any Māori out there that goes into an interview, especially back home. I, I sat in some interviews when I was working back home a couple of years ago and there was both Māori and non-Māori coming through the interview process and it was very interesting to see the dynamic and the way that people presented themselves. And um, Māori people that came through were so much more humble in the way that they spoke about their talents and their strengths yep. that it come across in a way that people were like, oh, they're not ready for this job. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, that's and, what I mean. Yeah. And and as much as I could see what they were saying, because I could feel it, mm. other people aren't going to base it on what they feel. They're going to base yeah. it on what they see. So we need to step up in that area for sure. And that's a big reason for this podcast, right? Yeah. Is because not enough Maori are out there saying, "Look at what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what I'm doing." Yeah. Mm. We want to help people say that, and yeah. we want to, we want to help them be seen. And 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 that's what is, is so hard for me to see is that we're so afraid of being look how successful I am, look how hard I've worked, and get credit for it. Yeah. That we sit back and be like, "No, nah, I don't. I don't do that." Because because yeah. someone might say I'm a show off, I'm a dick. I yeah. know. You know right. what I mean? Like, who, who fucking cares? Exactly. <laughs> it, it always puzzles me that that sort of sense. It's like, how come we can acknowledge someone for winning a bodybuilding show but yeah. when someone celebrates, you know, like they hit an awesome financial year with their yeah. business? It's yeah. like, oh, what an eat ass. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. how does that flip like that? Yeah. It's crazy, right? 100% bro like you know you can um, you, rugby right If you the, the rugby players and the league players when they show off everyone's like yeah but they're allowed to they can mm. you know like we, we we praise people for that and for their attitude in sport yeah. but when it comes to business it's like you're showing off right yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which I don't I, I just don't get it and that's some, that's a, a mindset that we need to change yeah. for our rangatahi they need to think it's okay mm. to be successful yep. mm. that they deserve to be successful yep. and, and this is where we got to start like people need to start coming out and be like yeah I did this I went through that and I'm Māori and I'm fucking proud of it yeah. mm. I, I love seeing Māori win bro like, uh, I yeah. love seeing our Absolutely. people yeah, win I, I've got this thing where I just love supporting local businesses yep. small yep. businesses um, because I do I think it's it's the hardest thing in the world yep. to embark on a journey of entrepreneurship you, yep. you, you, will, you will be tested in ways that you would never thought were possible yep. but the payoff in the end is, is always going to be worth it yep. you know if you stick to it and, th- and that's the reason whānau for why he waka ikinoa this podcast series is put together so that we can have more of our people sharing how successful you can be mm. in this space and it's okay you know get it out there so with um with six pack, six pack boot camp bro obviously in the in- industry there's uh, you know it's gone up and down through different styles of training mm. and all of that sort of stuff when did you know that having something like this would would work because obviously for a long time it was like uh, you know your bodybuilding gyms everyone and there's some some classes yeah. and the classes were shit right yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like it was like aerobics were there back in the day and then it went away <laughs> and then it was like spin cycle classes and that kind of went away and then it was just like everyone was into just training mm. bodybuilding like and, and wahine still weren't in the gym hard out you know in the cardio machines and then they leave yeah. <laughs> and then we sort of hit this like uh, CrossFit but it was more functional training came and then CrossFit came mm. yeah. and then CrossFit like opened up this door of like both sexes started train, weight training 
training, resistance yeah. training, you know, and and then CrossFit's still there, but then the F45s 45, came in yeah. and the circuit training came in. And all those circuit training was always there, wasn't really big. Yeah. And when did so when did you know that if you created a mixture, yeah, uh, that it would it would work. Yeah, it was um, actually it was funny you say that because like CrossFit, we kind of rode their wave. Yep. Uh, when when we first came out, like well, it was kind of like mid two thousand and twelve. CrossFit was really picking up some heat, man. It was like everyone was talking about it. Yep. Bodybuilders were attacking them. These guys were attacking <laughs> these guys. Yeah. It was yep. that era, you yep. know. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was like, we're onto something here with this group training thing because we can we can blend elements of you know powerlifting, but let's make it different. Let's bring some bodybuilding style in. Let's do like with arm curls, bicep curls. Let's do some body weight training as well. Like, let's and we came up with a hybrid program, and that's when people were like, it's fun. I listened to my demographic. People that were looking for us weren't looking for hardcore CrossFit. Yeah. Something in between, yeah. yeah, but with fun. And that's what and that's what I wanted you to say, right? Is looking at your demographic mm. at the market, yeah. and it has to evolve. And I think sometimes, especially gyms in this industry, in this fitness industry, is that you can. So, for example, if I was still, I was very successful in creating a comp prep team uh, for fitness modeling, bikini modeling, bodybuilding. If I was still doing that now, I wouldn't be as successful. Mm. It's, there's still a market for it, but it's not what it was. It's very yeah. like a lot of those shows don't exist anymore. Nah. Some of the shows I was doing just went bust because. CrossFit came and CrossFit is you can eat kind of whatever you want Mm. (laughs) and because you burn a lot more energy probably and so you know there wasn't this like chicken and rice thing going on Um, and and, and that now that that whole I guess demographic of CrossFit has changed a little bit they they came out it was like a religion yeah it was Uh, but now it's become more welcoming and I think because they're more welcomed by by society now Uh, because before they are the crazy ones right like oh you're going to hurt yourself you're going to hurt like I see more injuries in bodybuilding than I do in CrossFit yeah. if I'm being honest yeah, because because sure. when you do some of those movements and they're real strict and you load up the bar that's putting that pressure on there so mm. I think um, that's real important for no matter what industry you're in is to you know keep an eye on your demographic listen listen mm. to your customers yep. don't tell your customers how it needs to be listen to what they need uh, and then always keep an eye on the market and how that's evolving yes. and, I, and that's definitely what you've done right because you went from a bodybuilding background yep. and then you went into boot camps in your garage because you knew okay this is going to work I can train more people at once and make more money for my time yes. used, for yep. my time and then CrossFit came and you rode that wave so you're, that's obviously something that you've been very good at where you've just kept an eye on the market yep. and gone with the market yes absolutely and I think that's what it, all it is. It's, it's that's probably the hardest part about my job is just trying to predict where it's going to move next. Yep. But I don't put like too much pressure on myself to do mm. that. I always do what's right. Like I said, for the client, yep. what are they looking for? Because mm. they're the ones paying the bills, yep. Yep. not CrossFit. You know, yep. and I think that's where a lot of business owners do go wrong yep. is they start getting like, what do they want to see in their business? Mm. Yep. I get it. It's your business, but you don't pay the bills. The clients do. What do they want? Yep. So talk to us about COVID. How did you? Cope. How did you manage? What impact did it have on your business? Negative, positive. Speak to us. Man, when COVID hit, it was scary as hell. <laughs> I won't even lie, man. I was shitting my pants. I was like, we were killing it, bro. Like we were on a mad wave. We were just, you know, memberships were just booming. Everything was going really, really well. And then this COVID thing kicked in. I was like, there it is. And so we had to pivot real quick. Yeah. The thing I'm really grateful about is, is something that that probably the curiosity in me is. I started getting ready for online stuff probably a month or two beforehand. And so when Corona hit, it just put pressure on me to force us to go online. Yep. Yep. And that happened real quick and we had a good response. 
We'll just say that. A real good yeah. response. Yeah, yeah that, that's awesome. But I remember when we when COVID hit, we similar, yeah. right? We we were real new too, and and we're on this wave of like, you know, we get heaps of traction, heaps of people were keen on our our face to face classes, and we weren't looking at going online until next year. So we weren't prepared at all. Uh, and then COVID came in, we sort of mad rush. It was like, okay, but we can stop. We can go back to the day jobs that we had, which is good money anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that, those jobs are still available during COVID. They're probably looking for more people during yeah. COVID. Um, and then we, yeah, we sort of were like, no, nah, we just left our jobs too, actually. We left yeah. our jobs like a week before. Yeah. And so we had just taken up, like we were earning over 100K a year, yeah. well over 100K well over. a year. And working two jobs actually. And we made that, that leap. And we didn't think, you know, like everyone else, we didn't think that was going to happen. We mm. thought, ah, oh, COVID, whatever. Yep. They're not going to lock us down. Yeah, yeah they fucking locked us down, all right? <laughs> so we, it, was like, it was like, <laughs> man, are people going to want to learn Te Reo Māori online? Yeah. Like, I think, fuck it, we, we have no choice. And I think in 10 days, we had like just over 100 people. And, and that, that yeah. saved us. Like, yeah, saved but, us. but, you know, so that came down to, I was doing all the social media. I was <laughs> on a big sheet of paper writing it down. There's yeah. no system. And the bro was teaching six nights a week or five nights a week. Six nights know? a week. Wow. And, and then we were, we were trying to do podcasts in between that as well. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was crazy, but it was like, like I said, sink or swim, right? Like mm. you either find a way to survive or you give up. Yeah. That's your two choices. And, and the passion is what yeah. drove it, you know, as much as it was scary as hell stepping away and going, is this going to work? The passion for what we what we were doing and the, and the impact that we knew that we could have was far outweighed anything of going back to a normal job. Man, I, yeah. I love that you said that because that's, that's probably the biggest thing for me is the passion. Yeah. Because you'll get to a stage if it's about money and you said this at the start mm. bro was like you talk about if you're doing it for money that you, you'll fizzle out pretty quick yeah. you'll realise ah oh, nah not really worth it anymore yeah. I'll just go make money some other way but the passion is what pulls you back in alignment mm. yeah. it really does and I think that for us you know the other part was do we give up on the akunga we already have yeah. that in face to face we need to provide something for them yeah. mm. you know what do we do and I guess that would have been similar for you you had these you had all your, your clients uh, all your members that had nowhere to train yeah. But they needed guidance. Yeah. So that would have been a huge reason I can imagine for you wanting to have an online platform. Yeah, it's like I couldn't just pack up. Like there was gyms around here. I won't, I won't say who, but like they, they, they folded. They yeah. threw the white flag in straight away. And I'm yeah. like, man, like, you know, no disrespect, but you, you weren't cut out for it. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. You, you gave up on the first punch. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, for us, we just keep fighting it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's, what, that's what I think really, that's what it takes to run a business. Yeah. You have to have some mongrel in you. Yeah. 100%. And that, that's a big difference. I, I believe there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a businessman. Mm. I think an entrepreneur will do the hustle and will do everything that's necessary. They don't look at it because a businessman to me kind of feels like a job. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like it, yeah. when I hear that, I feel like that's that's a job. Mm. But when I hear entrepreneur, I'm like, yeah, that's someone that's going to change the game. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's interesting too when you talk about that in regards to you were already preparing a couple of months prior to COVID to go online and that is where all those late nights and the education that you're picking up early on that you can then implement as you're growing and developing that can just have such a massive impact on what's about to happen. Oh, exactly. I think you said that just not long ago was this like, you know, everything that you're learning, you might not be able to apply it straight away, yep. but there'll come a time where you're like, this is that moment. Yep. This yep. Is that, I read about this. Yep. I'm going to do it right now. Yep. And, and yeah, exactly. That's how it all comes together. Yeah. Love that. Learning you can never stop. Right. Mm. And, and I've fallen, I know I've fallen chat to that before where I've been on that wave and I've read some books and I've listened to some podcasts and I'm like, yeah, boom, I've got something. So I stop for a month and I'm like, shit. 
my brain ain't working. Yeah, and yeah. then I go back. <laughs> so my advice is, and what I'm trying to do now is always, one, every night I just, if it's half an hour or 20 minutes or 15 minutes even, depending on how busy I am, I try and do something where I'm learning. Awesome. And it might not be necessarily even, it's, normally it's got nothing to do with our business. Yeah. Mm. It's just trying to learn. Something. It's, it's, it's more of learning a, a focado thing. Yeah. Like listening to or reading people's books that uh, interest me. Yeah. that uh, got that style that I like uh, and that way I can engage in it because the hardest thing of a book is if you're trying to engage in someone else so, so you know when some, some people will like recommend a book mm. and I remember there was one right like so I started we did our first ever um, breath work with Lino for men's medicine oh, and, then, and then and that was amazing but I can't, yeah. can't uh, recommend the bro enough but then we one of the boys that does it as part of men's medicine he recommended me this book which is about you know spirituality and stuff like that I got two pages in bro I was mm. like this ain't just ain't me. It was yeah. like so full on, but I couldn't engage in it. So, and it's because I was trying to go down the fakado that I wasn't either ready for, or actually yep. didn't didn't actually you know relate to what I, where I was at. Yeah. So I think that's important. Point. Always trying to learn, but l- learn the stuff that you want to learn, yep. and that's relevant to you right yep. now. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard that heaps of times. Yep. You know, mentors like read this book. Like my first financial book was um, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Yeah. And at the time, then man, I wasn't even making two hundred and fifty bucks a week. Yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> Money Master the Game. <laughs> master my dinner, bro. <laughs> noodles yeah, yeah, I'm mastering these noodles I bro. just want to quickly come back to that too because I was going to talk about this before but then we got onto another tangent but as a personal trainer having to survive on noodles which clearly isn't something that we would be recommending as a as a PT but again the vision of we wanted to go and the sacrifices you were willing to make in that area of your own life mm. while still implementing good structures for other people's lives it must have been a pretty hard thing to do to go, I've worked so hard on my body and now I'm eating noodles, which is... <laughs> it was hard, bro. And I noticed at that time too, because I always, like back then when you were PT, you just pride it, like the way that you look. Yeah. And I was just always in good good shape. And then I just noticed, yeah, belly was getting a bit pudgy. <laughs> yeah, how many calories in these noodles, man? <laughs> but yeah, it was that. Heaps of, heaps of uh, loose change menu was another yeah, one. Because yeah. you know, the dollar coin gave me a hamburger. Yeah. Like It was literally like that, but I had to, bro. Yeah. It's... Yeah. it's, it's as poor of an excuse as that is, I had to. But it's for a limited time, right? It was. It was to about get to where it is that you need to get to, yep. making putting the money in the right places for you at that time was building the business, um, and you were a little bit second at that stage. Yep. But now you're in a position where you never have to oh. eat noodles unless you really want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had them since. So. Like noodle and mayonnaise sandwiches, but those are the ones. But that comes back to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's the hardest thing, right? Like what? So what you had to do was sacrifice something that you had worked so hard for, mm. and that was your tea number. Yeah. You know, like I know what that's like. Trust yeah. me, I'm sitting here feeling podgy right now. Um, but and I and even eating noodles. But you know, that's the thing is that you can work for some, you know work for something for most of your life, but realize that, hey, this is actually what I want. Because mm. we, we think it is. Like, I thought that's what I wanted. I, when I was uh, 19, I was 140-odd, 150-odd kilos. What? And so when I started training, I was big my entire life. So when I started training, I was like, sit-ups, sit-ups, whatever was going to give me abs. And, and I didn't realize that, you know, that's, wow. I thought sit-ups were going to give me abs. <laughs> uh, and then I, it, was, it was cardio. And, I, you know, I eventually got to this shape where I was just like, abs, super lean, not mm. very big, I was very, very small. Um, but I... When I got to a point, and it probably wasn't until I turned 30, so what was that? How old am I? Four years ago. Four years ago where I was like, okay, this ain't important no more. Mm. You know, like, yeah, I want to be healthy because I'm a dad and I want to lead by example. 
but this is taking up so much time and, yeah. and it preventing me like the non-stop prepping of meals the, the training twice a day mm. like that was it preventing me from being successful in life yeah. Yeah. Not, in, not in business but in life mm. and then when I stepped away from that I realised okay I'm becoming successful in life as a father, as a partner, because these are things that I was struggling at. Mm-hmm. As a man, I was struggling as a man and, and trying to find my place in the world and who I wanted to be. So when I stepped away from something that I'd worked so hard for, like I can't tell people how many hours I spent in the gym. Yeah. How, like I relentlessly had the same, I was telling the bro, I had the same breakfast every single day for six years. Damn. Didn't change my breakfast. Yeah. Same one. I used to get up at four or five in the morning to eat, then go back to sleep and then make sure I'm, I'm every three hours consistently for more years than I can remember wow. and it's because I was committed to that that goal yeah. and then to turn 30 after say 12 years 11 years of doing that every single day and then go okay this this is affecting me from becoming better yeah. you know like yeah. this thing I've worked so hard for is yeah. stopping me from being the best version of myself absolutely so you know you've got to be okay and that was a sacrifice I had to go people knew me as always being lean you know and it used to what well, well, was hard but I was talking to people online and they're going Oh, you know, I'm going, fuck, I'm getting out of shape here. I'm, you know, and they're going, doubt it, you always be lean. I'm going, no, 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 I'm not. So what, what I was known for was no longer a part of who I was. And that was hard because it affected my identity. Mm. So I think that's what's sometimes hard for people to get away from, you know, something that they may have been known for for their entire lives. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. You know, like, to, and then to, to completely throw, you know, flip it and do something new. Yeah, I, I can I can I can vouch for that too, bro. It was like all my life, like especially coming through the grades. That that's all your that's all you really have is mm. your body. Yep. Your body was your billboard back then, so you took so much pride in it. It's it's like it, you were like a walking billboard, and now I'm at that point where. I, I like to enjoy my life. Yep. I'm not constantly walking around sub 10% anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. actually happy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm not carrying Tupperware containers around me yeah. everywhere I go and, you know, setting alarms to go to sleep. It's like I get to live life. Yep. And for that, my family gets to reap the rewards from that too. 100%, bro. And I think that's important. And, and what you just said then was family. So obviously when you started in this industry and you probably start a six-pack boot camp, you may not have been a father or you might have been a young father. How has being a father and how has family shaped your business and potentially had effects on that at some point? Oh, uh, big time. So for me, the biggest, probably the biggest thing that having a, or being a dad has done for me was, it, it's, it's given me a different drive. Like the day I found, I, I still will never forget it. The day I found I was going to be a dad, bro, just like someone injected me with like, I don't know, Andy Frisella motivation. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, whoa! Like, and it just fired me Super up. Super Saiyan level four? Yeah, it, it really did. I was like, wow, so it's not just me anymore. Yeah. I've got to look out for someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I just, it was weird. I just stepped into that role. Yeah, that's and awesome. Yeah, but I love the lessons I get to teach my daughter. Yes. So on yep. my business journey, I take her through a lot of the stuff that I'm going through yep. and how I overcome awesome. those problems. Yep. Yep. How old's your daughter, bro? She's seven. Well, should be 17, but yeah. Oh, bro, tell me about it, mate. And you just got the one kid? Uh, so we got two. Uh, yep. My stepson, he lives back home in Christchurch. Oh, Ooh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's nice. back there. We're trying to get him over here, though. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and? And? Hey? And? and? What do you mean, and? Oh, and we got... <laughs> <laughs> I have one more on the way. 
shit. <laughs> and sorry, my son or daughter. <laughs> Don't worry, Fano, we're not gonna uh, redo that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, babe. Yeah, we do have one more on the way. <laughs> do you know if it's a boy or girl? How far along? She's actually gone for a scan today. So Ooh, yeah, hey, the, well, yeah, she's asked to write on the paper. You know, the whole gender reveal. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. I'm hoping for a boy though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely changes you, right? Like, I become a dad for the first time at 19. So that was probably my shift into be looking better or being healthier, right? Like that was like, you know, I sort of I remember jumping on the scales around that same time and go, man, this is this is the the, the role model I'm giving my son. Mm. So that was that, and then I think with every child something sort of changes. But for me, I, you know, I probably wasn't quite as fortunate because I got I got five kids, and it wasn't until probably uh, my fourth that something went okay. Okay, you're, you're, you know, for me, I, I realised that I was the problem. You know, I was yeah. blaming everyone else and, you know, this, this and that. And uh, so, you know, my, my two-year-old, she was obviously born two years ago. <laughs> well done. Yep. I, had to think, I was like, Nets. my two-year-old was born uh, how long ago? Puts the calculator away. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was, that, it was funny because my mindset had changed, right? So although I was an entrepreneur for most of my adult life, I I still was very narrow-minded in my thought process. And and when like I said, again, when I turned 30, I was, I was really making a, a big shift in my life. And and then my daughter was born and, and that's when the responsibility really hit me. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you got five kids, bro. Yep. That's a lot of bloody kids. So mm. was it was it was it the fact that you had your fifth kid, or was it like the age uh, you reckon? I think it was where my mindset was at yeah. uh, for me. You know, yeah. it took like I took again. It took me till I was thirty to really get my shit sorted, and and then when when she was born, I was like. Okay, like, and it wasn't, you know, so there was a year before Pekita Holder, really. Yep. And and I was already in that mindset of wanting to help our people, but I wasn't really pushing it. Yeah. And then and then having her was like, okay, you need to start doing something. Yep. And I'd, I'd have been on this journey already. Like, I'd found myself work, um, being able to work on my anger, being able to work on the trauma I'd been through when I was younger, realising what it was. I'd been on this journey as a, as a Māori man and, mm. and started looking deeper into those things. Mm. And so then I think when my daughter came, something just went okay cool you're, you're in the space now where you, where you need to give back yep. and and that sort of was actually was actually not long me, this when me and the bro sort of reconnected because mm. we played footy against each other back home oh. uh, we were acquaintances we sort of just played yep. footy so yep. you know used to brush shoulders at Manu Kōrero and stuff like that yep. uh, and then when we were over here we sort of saw each other on Facebook yep. and connected and that's sort of where we are now yep. wow so I think with with that bro like if, if you could give some advice to any young Māori or any Māori in general, and let's aim it at the fitness industry, that are looking to become a personal trainer or start a gym, what would be the advice that you would give them? I'd say firstly, make make sure that you are happy with the career. Uh, make sure you have a look at the journey ahead because that's what I did with the physio. Yep. I looked ahead and went, mm, ah, can I see myself doing that for the next 10, 20 years? Probably not. Yep. The ideas always sound good when they first pop in your head. For sure. They always do. Every idea does. Yep. It's putting the, I guess, the research into making sure it is something you want to follow through with. Because I, I, like a lot of guys do message me and they're like, bro, I'm looking at doing PT as a side hustle. I'm like, it's not a side hustle, bro. <laughs> yeah, can't I? <laughs> You're looking after someone's life, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. You, like they're actually paying you money to do yeah, that too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not a side hustle. And they're like, oh, but I'm not afraid to tell that to people, yeah, even yeah. my closest friends. Because yeah, they, they see me and I'm like, don't compare your day one to my 10 year highlight yeah, reel. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I said, because I've been in this game for a long time. I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs and yeah. I will share all the bad 
bad before I share the good, yep. almost to try and make you get put off it. Yeah. Yep. And if you still want to go through it, that yeah. now you've actually done your research. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think as a PT, I think you got to be from that point of view, you got to be aware that you're going to be up at four or five in the morning. Yep. You're going to be awake late at night because you, at the start, you're in a business mm. and people want to train when they're available. Absolutely. You can't, people don't want to train when you're available, yeah. right? Yep. And that's, that's that misconception and people are going to text you all day, <laughs> every day asking for advice. Can they eat that? Can they change this? Can they do this? Like, that's what you get and it's relentless and mm. the bigger your business gets, oh, yeah. the more, the worse that gets, yeah. right? Like, and you become a counsellor. So be, be ready to hear shit you ain't ever heard in your life. That's why I always try and be as transparent as I can yeah. right off the bat, bro. I'll just like, before you get into it, this is what you're in for. And yeah. if you still yeah. want to do it, that's cool. Yeah. But you got to, like, I think a lot of them, they get caught up in the Instagram lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, laptop lifestyle, drinking margaritas yeah. by the beach in fucking Hawaii. Yeah. This yeah. is like. Hey, hey, you, don't tell us your stories, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we but, don't want to hear your 10-year stories, all right? <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. But, but you got to be you gotta ready. work for you it. You got to yeah. do the work first. Yeah. Like uh, I, I've done all those four AM yeah. wake ups, and I've done that for years. Yeah. I, yeah. I've paid my dues. Yep. And yep. now I'm just re reaping my mahi now. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's when we started. There was no Instagram, right? Like, oh yeah, that wasn't a thing back then. And so it, it's funny how much the industry has changed like that. Because before it was word of mouth. Mm. And you, you just did well in the gym, but yeah. now it's a whole different game. Yeah. That, that's probably a good and a bad thing. Like it's easy yep. to get leverage and reach more people through social now, but yep. now like anyone can now, like if you got a decent body, you can yep. now be like a certified coach. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Half yep. of them not even qualified. Nah. Yep. They yep. just look the part. While we're on socials, bro, let us know where uh, our listeners can find you. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Taking No Days Off uh, or our Six Pack Bootcamp, which is Six Pack Bootcamp. Yep, mean. Sweet, bro. Before we finish up, what's what's next? What what have you got in the pipeline, bro, for Six Pack Bootcamp? Uh, if you don't want to share it because you don't want people to try to take your ideas, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're willing to share, bro, uh, let us know what you have in the pipeline. Yeah, for sure. So we've got a big, big uh, project happening as we speak. Um, it's it's fully migrating this thing online. So taking the actual physical in-person experience to a, a massive online platform. And we've put a bit of money into this. Uh, we've got a, a few big names helping us in the background. So can't, can't wait. Probably the next 12 months, she should be ready. Man. Yeah, yeah, man, that's wicked. And again, how going with the that? market, bro. Like, how big is that? You're talking about saying that you're going to be releasing and you're talking about 12 months' time that it will be ready. Mm -hmm. So the background of it is happening now for 12 months time far no so that's massive yeah keep an eye on this time next year and, and that's that's what I keep saying man it's, it's the long game for me yeah. I'm always yeah. about the long game yeah Awesome, bro. Awesome. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today on this episode. This is exactly why we're doing this. Yep. It's to hear from people like yourself that have done the hard mahi to be where you are and so that you can share your experiences and put a spotlight on this amazing amazing facility <laughs> and business that you have set up. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it, bro. It's always always uh, a pleasure, you know, giving back yep. and uh, sharing whatever I can. I don't claim to be a guru, by the way, <laughs> but I have learned some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've paid the price yeah. uh, physically and emotionally and financially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I can share anything with you guys, hopefully you guys take some of that away. Yeah, very much appreciate it, bro. Uh, but we know that you've also got to got run because you've got another meeting coming up mm. uh, not too far away. So uh, we appreciate your time, brother. Kanoi to me here to kiakwe. However, we'll wrap it up there, Fano. Thank you very much. Te nā koutou, te nā koutou, te nā koutou katoa. Mauri ora.